and I was thinking, how's this COVID thing going to impact multifamily real estate? And I remember in three of the four units, one of them wasn't home. Who knows where they were? Three of the four, the uh, one of them, a woman was a nurse. She was doing telehealth. She had a desk set up in the kitchen. She was talking to some patient. I heard more than I should have, HIPAA, right? But she was going through this, this diagnosis, perfectly able to do it from home. The next was a guy in tech of some kind. He was working at home. He had three monitors set up. He was dug in for the long haul. And the third one was another guy. I think he was in some kind of a sales job that could be done remotely and, and over internet and phone and such. I thought, that's interesting. These, these people are going to keep paying their rent. They, they're not barred from going to a job. They're not going to get laid off. It will be very interesting to see how these companies adapt. We're, you're going to build some product. You're going to rent it out. You're worried, is it growing? Are there jobs? Do the tenants have a place to work? And in the past, we would say, uh, that economy is one-dimensional. It's not really growing. With COVID accelerating this remote work thing, does this matter anymore? Welcome to the Build for Rent podcast. I'm Steve Olson here with Chase Levitt and Sherida Zanger. We've got some good information for you here today. On this podcast, we explore the rapidly growing build to rent sector. With the U.S. population continuing to grow and construction basically falling well short of demand, the build for rent space is more interesting than ever. And we aim to bring great conversations and awareness to the topic here. And we've got one for you today as you... Think about analyzing markets and where you might want to build for rent product. So Chase and Sherida and I were at lunch yesterday with our, our brokerage, just doing kind of a little quarterly lunch thing, catching up. How's everybody doing? What's happening in the business? And I was talking about a vacation that I just took with the family for Labor Day to St. George, Utah. We went and saw School of Rock at the Tuacon Theater, highly recommended. Stick it to the man. If you've seen it, you know what I mean. If not, you think I'm weird, but you did anyway. So we did that. We, you know, did the swim thing, hiking thing. And every time I go to St. George, and this is a city that's probably two hours uh, northeast of Las Vegas on I-15. If you live in Utah, you totally know it. In fact, in the Western U.S., you increasingly know it. But it's it's a vacation town. That's what it's always been. And there's there's a lot of good people there and and some great businesses, but... It's kind of the gateway to a lot of national and state parks, a very scenic place. And we get asked all the time by locals here, when are you going to build in St. George? When are you going to build apartments or fourplexes or homes in St. George? I love it. Now, I think that they're usually asking that from the point of view of, I want to have a vacation house that I can go to and maybe Airbnb it and do whatever I want. That's usually why they're asking. And I get it. And we've, in the past felt the same way about St. George that we have Vegas. Although this is becoming less true and this is what we're going to talk about today. My position was, and I, I, I said this to, uh, to Sherida and Chase and Jesse who works with us and cause Chase and Jesse are from St. George. The thing that makes me nervous about St. George is it's a bunch of old retired people, construction workers, some doctors, and who else, right? That was what I thought. And, you know, you can compare that to, to Vegas. If we look at the mortgage meltdown of 2008, Las Vegas is on the short list of places that were really, really 
hammered. And so was St. George. St. George really took it on the chin during the mortgage meltdown of 2008. So I said to, to Chase and Cheryl, like, what's the big deal? What am I missing here? Should we be looking at St. George? And I don't know, I'm not saying that we officially are, but it's something that we felt like was worth discussing on the show today because is what you would use to evaluate the employment base of a market permanently changing? And I'll cap it off with this headline from flexjobs.com that we're going to talk about more. 30 companies switching to long-term remote work. I'll name a few of them here. Adobe, Amazon, Atlassian, Capital One, Coinbase, Dropbox. There's a lot more coming that I'll name throughout the episode. So Chase and Sherrod, I want to know what you think. We're, you're going to build some product. You're going to rent it out. You're worried. Is it growing? Are there jobs? Do the tenants have a place to work? And in the past, we would say uh, that economy is one dimensional. It's not really growing with COVID accelerating this remote work thing. Does this matter anymore? No, I think it changes dramatically. I had cousins that just recently moved from California Bay Area to Utah, of all places, which was kind of random, but both of them work remotely as well. And so I had asked them, hey, why did you move here? And they said, well, if we could live anywhere we wanted to and still have the same employer, why, wouldn't, why would we stay in California? We want to move. We want to get out of here. So I think people are starting to say, see or understand, hey, I don't necessarily have to live where the headquarters are. But there are some pros and cons to that that we'll get into a little bit later that we talked about yesterday at lunch as well. Um, but I think it's a huge shift in how we think going forward. Are you seeing it, Chase? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up St. George. That's where I'm from. And so we looked at St. George. When was that? Four or five years ago? Yeah, and we're not picking on. It's an example. There's a lot like, of it's cities. It's a good example that this, because it's yeah. that city where there could be opportunity that, that some people might not be going and, and some people are actually going to because they see other things that really attract their attention. But one of the things that we like about St. George that I've heard is their vacancy rates are so low. It's like zero, zero, one percent But then you bring up the point is, okay, where are the jobs at? Is it just teachers, schools? Um, where, are they, where are they coming from? And so we, we're talking about remote work, and you have a nice area like St. George, and there's a, probably 100 different cities that are similar like that that's a little bit smaller um, trying to figure out the employment, where the employment's coming from. But if you look at St. George, you look at how beautiful it is and the opportunity from a from an outdoors perspective to be able to get out and enjoy life more. And so that's why when we're talking about being able to work from home and, and working remotely, it's those places that are probably pretty dang attractive right now. And so when it comes to investing, whether it's a, a long-term vacation rental, whatever the case is, I think it's those markets that are still staying hot or, or maybe even more popular right now. Yeah, because in the past you've looked at, I want to build here. I want to, I want to move into this market. What are the big companies? Who's hiring? Where are these jobs? What's the employment base? Mm -hmm. We're saying that might not be enough anymore, right? You might be getting not the whole story on a market for good or for bad, right? I remember in... This was like in April or maybe March of 2020. Some stuff was going on, if you hadn't heard. And I had a fourplex under contract for an investor. And somebody needed to go do a walkthrough of this fourplex and get some pictures. 
But this is at the time where like, can you like go to somebody else's house? Like if you go outside, the coronavirus is going to immediately kill you, right? That's what people were kind of acting like because nobody really knew what this was at the time. And so the the governor had just, we, we never had like a firm stay at home order in our market here in Utah, but the governor basically said, you should do it. And most people did for a little while. And then we all got tired of it. And every, in Utah, everybody has a bunch of kids. You're just not going to stay in your house forever. It's not happening. So I go to this fourplex and I was thinking, how's this COVID thing going to impact multifamily real estate? And I remember in three of the four units, one of them wasn't home, who knows where they were. Three of the four, the uh, one of them, a woman was a nurse. She was doing telehealth. She had a desk set up in the kitchen. She was talking to some patient. I heard more than I should have, HIPAA, right? But she was going through this, this diagnosis, perfectly able to do it from home. The next was a guy in tech of some kind. He was working at home. He had three monitors set up. He was dug in for the long haul. And the third one was another guy. I think he was in some kind of a sales job that could be done remotely and, and over internet and phone and such. I thought, that's interesting. These, these people are going to keep paying their rent. They, they're not barred from going to a job. They're not going to get laid off. It will be very interesting to see how these companies adapt. So what I said earlier, I named off some companies. Let's pick on one of them and talk about how kind of bat this around for a minute. Amazon. Remote work, or I'm sorry, this is Adobe, my mistake. Remote work plans. Employees will have the option to work from home approximately 50% of the time and in the office the remainder of the time. So that probably doesn't affect you. Know, you're looking at a St. George and you say, well, the employees probably got to live near the office. But I still think there's a domino effect in real estate because you can't tell me if Adobe is requiring employees to work at home and we have a ton of Adobe here where we live part of the time that they're going to keep their entire giant office in San Jose open. They're probably scaling that back. What do you think that would they do that? And what do you think that means? Yeah, I think they're saving a lot of money on rent. And then they're realizing that some of these employees are actually putting in more quality time to get their work done and are doing it in shorter hours versus, you know, having chat at the water cooler, so to speak. So I think that they're actually getting some people to be more productive. Another one on here was Capital One, and they said that they're trying a f flexible hybrid model that will require uh, will not require employees to be in the office a certain number of days. Some employees are able to work from home 100% of the time. So I think employers are going to try to figure out, hey, does it 50% of the time work, or you know, what about 100% of the time? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here's Dropbox. That's another one. Dropbox will let all employees work from home permanently. Existing office space will become Dropbox Studios. Well, that's slick, where people can choose to go into work. So your relatives had the choice and they made it, mm -hmm. right? I was out analyzing a market. I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I saw one of those giant yards that had like a thousand um, Chevy Silverados and GMC Sierras that can't get the chips. They make a lot of those in Fort Wayne, and I was, you know, looking at some opportunities there. And they're like, eh, it's kind of a manufacturing Rust Belt type city. And I began to see a different picture. Granted, that's a heavy influence. Because the funny thing is, this employee from Dropbox wants to go work from home. Somebody's got to make their microphone and their computer and their desk chairs. There's always that manufacturing demand. But 
So I think we're not saying the whole economy is mobile, but a significant portion of it is now mobile. But interestingly enough, what did I see in Fort Wayne? I saw that younger crowd moving in downtown. I saw new buildings under construction. I saw people moving into offices and people taking restaurant and hospitality jobs and, and tech jobs and more and more of that because they moved to somewhere that was a little more affordable, that was a little bit more uh, business friendly, right? They attract, frankly, they're attracting those jobs out of Michigan and Illinois is what I observed. So Dropbox is another. Here's uh, Facebook. Facebook in June 2021 announced employees can work from home permanently. Crazy. Even Ford Motor Company employees can work. Now, well, read what that one says. It says work from home indefinitely with flexible hours. So if I'm a mom and I'm yeah. having to work, having flexible hours is huge because if I have little kids that I need to get off to school or if I'm still doing remote learning, I'm going to have to be with those kids and help them. So maybe my hours really are more of a nighttime type of a job. Yes. So I think flexible hours is huge too. Uh, Lincoln Financial Group, ironically enough, had a headquarters in in, uh, Fort Wayne where I was. Hundreds of employees are now eligible for permanent remote work. We have a a colleague uh, that we've worked with. He's moving his family to Costa Rica. That's where they're going. It's crazy that you can do this stuff now. Um, so this podcast is not very scripted. We kind of say, Hey, here's what we're going to talk about. And we just go. So sometimes I just hit, um, Chase and Sheridan with a question out of nowhere, which I'm going to do to Chase right now. I would like it if, uh, Preston could cut the camera to him and show Chase sweating. That's what everybody wants just, to preface yeah, I'm, this I'm with. sweating bullets. Yeah. You're scared. <laughs> um, but no, so knowing what we're talking about here, Chase, take, take St. George. Where previously would say we would say, yeah, most of the employment base is in government, education, or retired, or construction. That's probably a fair summary of mm-hmm. the old St. George. How would you look at that, Mark? How do you uncover, hey, is remote work giving me a better or worse opportunity here? Where would you start if it was you to analyze that? Online, what we've been looking at here, Flex Jobs, other websites understanding major companies and what they're allowing. And then when you're researching that market, yeah, you still want to look at the core jobs that are within that market, but look a little bit further. Yeah. Look, look a little bit further. Um, I think a good place off the top of my head is, is talking with other property managers, other rental commu- communities. Who are your tenants? Yeah. yeah. Who are your tenants? Where are they coming from? They're going to know that. And that's going to give you a good idea of, okay, they're a bunch are coming from California, Adobe, Amazon, whatever the case is, just look a little bit further. And that's a good start. The city may have some information too, yeah. as far as, you know, who's signing up for new utilities. They're not going to give you exact people's names, obviously, but they could say, hey, we're having an increase in our population. Well, what's bringing the people here? You know, I think you can try to start to narrow that down a little bit. I think it's going to take a lot of time to figure out, Yeah. you know, the trend of this. But I think it definitely is something that is starting to trend a little bit more. Because it, it's a, what's, you can, you can tell if people are coming, but why are they coming, right? And, and we've seen up in Boise where we do a lot of work, it's lifestyle, it's affordability. Although Boise has just become astronomically expensive compared to where it once was. This is all a compared to what proposition, right? If you're coming from Portland or Seattle, Boise is still very, very affordable, 
I remember I pulled the co-star reports for Fort Wayne. I wanted to see what was going on. And I saw a vacancy rate of like 2% and 16% year over year rent growth. It doesn't tell me why or who, but it says uh, people are coming here, right? They're showing up. Mm-hmm. It's driving rents up. So you can take that and you can say, okay, they're definitely coming. Will they keep coming or what, what does that look like? Because I think that that cities and, and counties and states do things that make people want to come, right? And as you talk to the city, you find that out. I met with a couple of mayors and yeah, they, they talked about all the policies they had enacted and you you can kind of piece that together because yeah, it's just not enough anymore to, to look at the press releases of so-and-so is bringing in 2,000 new jobs. That's great, but there might be a lot more that you're missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, we don't have the exact solution there, but we our intent is to bring something to everybody's attention about what you should think about when you consider a market for build for rent because getting a picture of the job situation is a little more nuanced than it used to be. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening to the Build for Rent podcast. As always, please consult with your necessary legal, tax, and uh, professional advisors as we're only giving educational advice here. We're not your attorney or your accountant, so please go talk to with them before you enact any new projects or any new investments. We'll catch you next time.